What's up? It's me again. Welcome to another episode of The Gathering Strength, the podcast that explores personal growth and self-improvement to help you lead a more fulfilling life. That's right. I'm your host, Ruby Rube. And today, we're going to dive into the transformative power of cultivating virtues in our daily lives. What are virtues? Oh, hey, glad you asked. Virtues are the building blocks of our character. These guide our actions and shape our relationships. In this episode, I'm going to uncover the significance of virtues, drawing inspiration from the wisdom of Aristotle and other philosophical traditions. If you don't know who Aristotle is, well, good, because you're going to learn today. And Warren Buffett, he said, the more you learn, the more you earn. And by golly, you're going to learn today. Now, ask yourself this. Are you seeking personal well-being and inner peace? Are you curious about the keys to ethical decision-making in an ever-changing world? Well, you're in the right place. Tune in, because I'm going to explore the benefits of being virtuous. From enhanced relationships to personal resilience in the face of adversity. You don't need to thank me for making this podcast episode. You're welcome. You know, out here in these streets, it can be lonely being a lone wolf. That's why together we're going to embark on a journey of self-awareness, identifying virtues that resonate with our values. And we're also going to set clear intentions to lead a life of virtue. So come on, join me as we learn practical strategies to practice self-discipline, embrace growth, and model virtuous behavior to inspire those around us. In this episode, you're also going to discover how virtues can be a pathway to personal growth and how their cultivation can create a ripple effect of positive change within ourselves and in the world around us. So whether you're taking your first steps on the path of virtue or looking to deepen your understanding of moral excellence, join me in this episode of Gathering Strength It's time to embrace the transformative journey of becoming a more virtuous and fulfilled individual. Now today I am primarily going to be focusing on the golden mean. Have you ever heard what the golden mean is? Well, if you have not, good, you're in the right place. You're going to learn today. And I'm also going to include and talk about who said, who created, who identified the golden mean. And then we're going to talk about the significance of that person and how you can benefit from learning all about it. I want you to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger via 1974 as he was competing and dominating the Mr. Olympia Bodybuilding Championships. I want you to have the buff body, the buff mind, the buff spirit, and the buff bank. Man, life is heavy. We're not always going to have a spot. Now, let us dig in to the nitty gritty. Alrighty, now we're going to just jump right on into the golden mean. And that is golden, M-E-A-N, the golden mean. Oh, yeah. Now, this is also known as the doctrine of the mean. And it is a concept from ancient Greek philosophy specifically associated with Aristotle. Now, he was a prominent Greek philosopher. uh, He was a student of Plato. And he lived in the 4th century BCE. 
In other words, a long time ago. But how is it that his words still ring true all the way to today? And not only to the present, but even in the future, this is still going to be applicable. Man, you know what? That blows my mind. Now, the golden mean proposes finding a balance between extremes in human behavior, avoiding both excess and deficiency. Now, Aristotle, he believed that virtue lies in finding the right amount or middle ground between two vices. For example, courage. It is the virtue between recklessness. Recklessness is excess and cowardice is deficiency. By applying the golden mean, one can lead a virtuous and balanced life. Learning about the golden mean can benefit you in various ways. It encourages self-awareness, introspection, and moderation in your actions and decisions. By seeking the middle ground, you can develop a more harmonious and fulfilling life, fostering a sense of well-being and an emotional equilibrium. The concept can help you make better choices, enhance personal relationships, and navigate challenges with wisdom and prudence. Now that we have identified the golden mean, now, hey, how can we apply that in our daily life? Man, you are filled with good questions because once again, I'm glad you asked. Now, number one is going to be identify virtues and vices. Recognize virtues as the desirable qualities and vices as their respective extremes. Understand the middle ground as the virtuous path. Now let's say for example, let's say you want to have a healthy body. You want to be, you know, super fit and super strong. You know, that is a a virtue because that's going to lead you to be overall stronger, overall healthier. Now, but if you take that all the way to the extreme and you obsess about it, like you just, that's just all you are, that's all you do, that's all you think about, you know, well, that's not good. But then on the extreme end of that is a life that is filled with sedentary, slothfulness, not eating good foods, not getting adequate rest, eating all types of crap, you know, Going home and eating birthday cake. And guess what? It's not even anyone's birthday. You're just alone in the kitchen just eating birthday cake. You know, that's not not good either. Now, the golden mean is going to be finding somewhere in the middle balance. You don't want to be a completely obsessive health nut. And you also don't want to be a big, obese, unhealthy person who you know, can't even go for a walk because they're out of breath and they're, they're just in pain. You, you don't want to be like that either. So finding somewhere in the middle. And now that is just something that you can apply to your physical well-being. Well, you need to apply that golden mean to your mindset, to your spirituality, to your finances, to everything Identify the the extremes on both sides. And you know, that harmonious well-being, that overall balance is going to be somewhere in the middle. Tip number two to living a more virtuous life is practice self-awareness. Reflect on your behaviors and emotions to recognize when you might be leaning towards excess or deficiency in certain areas. Now, when I was growing up, 
I heard the word reflect. And, you know, because my maturity, my understanding, my overall intelligence, you know, that went in one ear and right out the other. It went over my head. I was like, reflect? What does that even mean? Just go look at myself in the mirror? All right, there I am. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I couldn't just get past my own reflection. But as I started to learn a little bit and you started to practice self-awareness, you know, then that is when you take into inventory everything that you do. Why do you do it? Why do you wake up at the hour that you wake up? Why do you wake up feeling how you feel? Do you wake up feeling supremely tired? Do you wake up with vigor and zeal? Well, you need to analyze and reflect on why you wake up all grumpy. Why do you wake up, you know, feeling like crap? Why do you wake up hungover again and again? Why do you wake up hella tired? And, you know, that is just only one little teeny tiny aspect of reflection. Reflect on everything that you do. Why do you eat the food that you eat? Why do you hang out with the people that you hang out with? Why do you have the vocabulary that you have? Why do you say the things that you say? Why do you get entertainment out of the things that entertain you? Reflect on everything. Because you know what? You might think that you know. And you might know on a surface level. But the more that you become aware and the more that you reflect, you're going to be able to dig into why you do all those things. Dig, dig, bust out the shovel, bust out the backhoe and dig into yourself and find out why you do everything that you do. Now, after you're able to identify the extremes, uh, the things that lead towards excess or deficiency, you need to cultivate moderation. That's tip number three. Strive to find the right balance between extremes. For instance, in spending money, aim for responsible budgeting rather than being too frugal or overly extravagant. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, be a person who is a penny-pinching hoarder that is super cheap, that, you know, just doesn't spend any money. You rinse out the inside of your Ziploc baggies. I don't know, maybe you dip your toothbrush in the back of the toilet tank because you want to save water there. You know, you don't want to be frugal like that either. You also don't want to be overly extravagant where you're spending all your money buying Gucci belts, uh, you know, a gold grill, or just anything that is overly extravagant. You want to aim for the balance between those extremes. Now, along that journey, you also want to evaluate your relationships. That's tip number four. Maintain healthy connections with others by avoiding extremes like excessive dependence or complete detachment. That's right. Once again, you don't want to hang and put all your eggs in one basket of one person because, hey, you know, what if that person dies? Or what if your boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other, what if they cheat on you? What if they leave? What if something happens to them? And you have, you know, your emotional attachment and your overall well-being just depending on that one person. Well, what happens if they go away? Then you are wrecked. You know, you also don't want to be completely detached from anybody either. Once again, 
that golden mean is going to be applicable to every aspect of your life. And that's why it is important to to learn about it. Set realistic goals. Now find a middle ground between setting overly ambitious goals and setting and settling for mediocrity. You know, that is self-explanatory. You don't want to have a goal of, hey, I'm going to climb Mount Everest or every single peak in the whole world and you have no money. You know, you're going to have to set some realistic goals because guess what? Climbing Mount Everest and all of the, the tallest peaks in the world, that's going to cost some money. So you might want to, you know, set your goals to be realistic, but, you know, you also don't want to settle for mediocrity. You want to continually strive for what's better. Uh, tip number seven is going to be prioritize time and energy. Allocate your time and energy wisely, avoiding overcommitment and neglecting important tasks. Now, once again, the extremes on both ends is going to be overcommitment. You don't want to be overcommitted where you're spreading yourself too thin and you're not able to 100% give your overall to the things that you have committed to. And you also don't want to neglect important tasks. So once again, find the balance in the middle. Tip number eight is going to be practice empathy. Consider other people's perspectives and emotions, avoiding both apathy over involvement. Tip number nine is going to be be patient and forgiving. Cultivate patience with yourself and others, avoiding the extremes of impulsivity and holding grudges. Tip number 10 is going to be embrace change gradually. When making lifestyle changes, do so incrementally, avoiding drastic shifts that could be overwhelming or unsustainable. Remember that applying the golden mean is a continuous journey and finding balance may vary from situation to situation. Regular self-reflection and mindful decision-making will help you integrate this philosophy into your daily life effectively. Now, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into virtues. What are virtues? And we're going to identify some virtues that you can strive towards. You know, go ahead, take out a pencil and write these down. Now, virtues, they are positive qualities or attributes that contribute to a person's moral excellence and character development. Now, here are a few more examples of virtues. Number one is going to be honesty. Being truthful and sincere in your words and actions. Avoid deceit or dishonesty. Number two is going to be compassion. Showing kindness, empathy, and understanding towards other suffering or difficulties. Number three, integrity. Maintaining strong moral principles and being consistent in your values and actions. Humility. Being modest and not overly proud. Acknowledging your limitations and weaknesses. Generosity. Being willing to share and give to others, whether it's material, possessions, time, or support. Gratitude, patience, courage, wisdom, responsibility. Now that means being accountable for your actions and obligations, fulfilling your duties as they are your responsibility. Continuing down that path of virtues, forgiveness. You got to be able to let go of resentment and granting pardon to those who have wronged you. Respect, perseverance, loyalty, fairness, 
Now these virtues, among others, they serve as guiding principles for leading a morally upright and fulfilling life. By cultivating these qualities, you can positively impact your relationships, personal growth, and contribution to society. While the virtues that I have just mentioned above, it is important to know that we're frequently going to come up short. We're frequently going to miss our mark. These virtues that we aspire to attain and the practice daily behaviors that we exhibit, you know, there's going to be a gap. But that's all right. You know, it's two steps forward, one, one step back. Sometimes it's 10 steps forward, 11 steps back. As long as we continually strive for what's better. Now that I have identified our virtues, hey, how do we identify our vices? That's a great question too. Identifying your vices requires self-awareness, honest introspection, and a willingness to confront your flaws. Now here are some steps to help you recognize your vices. Number one is going to be self-reflection. That is an important concept to really understand. And also, you know, being honest with yourself. And also a willingness to confront those flaws. Because, man, you know what? We all want to believe that we're perfect. That we have all the answers. That the things that we do are the best things. But, man, you know, that is where we have to, you know, really be open And the way that you do that is with self-reflection. So you need to take time to reflect on your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors. Consider situations where you might have acted inappropriately or felt uncomfortable with your actions. Tip number two is going to be seek feedback. Ask close friends, family members, or trusted individuals for honest feedback about your behavior and attitudes. Sometimes others can provide valuable insights that you might not see yourself. Now that one is going to be tough because it's hard to face the truth. And, you know, we can be trying to communicate in one way, but because we don't have the adequate speaking capabilities, we don't have the right vocabulary, or maybe we're just delivering it in a way that is not being receptive. You know, we have to be open to constructive criticism. And that can be tough because truth hurts. And I believe it was Frederick Nietzsche, a philosopher in the 1800s, he said that you can tell the measure of a man by how much truth that he's willing to bear without it being watered down, diluted, sugar-coated. As I have come to grow and evolve, and I have been able to reflect on my own journey, I find that that sentiment that Frederick Nietzsche uh, that he that he said, man, that that's true because a lot of weak people they do not want to confront their flaws because it hurts and change hurts, truth hurts. But the more that you can take truth on without it having to be diluted or sugar coated, man, that just makes you stronger. And in the Bible, it says the truth shall set you free. And there was also an interesting insight that Dr. Jordan Peterson said. He is a, 
a Harvard professor and a practicing psychologist, he said that it was something really interesting that he explained what a lie really is. And he said that when you lie, that it is your arrogantness that says that reality, God's truth is not good enough for you. That you create your own reality with a lie. So God's truth is not good enough for you. Because if it was, you wouldn't lie. So essentially, when you lie, you are saying that reality and God's truth is not good enough for you. And when he said that, I was like, man, that that had some heaviness to it. Because when I reflect on all of the times that I have lied in my life, that was my attempt to bend, distort reality. You know, primarily, probably because I wanted to get out of trouble. Or deceive someone or mislead someone or be manipulating or conniving. And you know, those are not good good characteristics to practice. And because you know I was practicing those behaviors, man, I, I was leading myself down into a, a darker, deeper pit. Continuing down that path of identifying our vices, we need to observe patterns. Pay attention to reoccurring negative behaviors or habits in different aspects of your life. Identifying patterns can help pinpoint potential vices. Examine your triggers is tip number four. Reflect on the situations or emotions that lead you to act in ways you later regret. Understanding your triggers can shed light on underlying vices. Now, in the previous episode, I created... A podcast topic that helped identify the functioning addict as well as identifying the person who has hit rock bottom. And now it is easier to reach and help and change and transform the person who who has hit rock bottom because they are out of control. They are hopeless. But the functioning addict, because they can maintain a job, They can interact socially. They can pay their bills. They have the mortgage. They have the kids in college, etc., etc. You know, they are the hardest ones to hit. But as I reflect on this sentiment that I'm talking about, being able to observe my patterns and examine my triggers, man, there was a time where I was analyzing my life and I was reflecting on the things that were keeping me back. And incrementally, I was able to identify the little self-sabotaging behaviors. I was able to correct the patterns. I was able to analyze where I was going wrong and I was able to do something about it and incrementally I was able to build some strength and let those things go. And one of the big ones that was holding me back was alcohol consumption. Now when I was analyzing my, my life, I realized that I was in stagnation. I was like, you know what? I have been drinking every single weekend for the past two decades. Now, what I realized was I was just doing status quo things. I had the the job, the stability, the financial stability, the wife, the kids, you know, everything that society would measure up as a overall successful person. But because I was stagnating, And because I was a functioning addict or a functioning alcoholic, 
inside there was internal turmoil. And the internal turmoil was because I was living a life that was stagnating. Sure, you know, I was alive. I was, you know, doing my part. But, man, we can't just live on money alone or awards or just buying things. We have to do things that personally develop us and the things that I was doing I wasn't experiencing any growth and that's why it's important to reflect and identify your vices because I'm certain there's something that is holding you back that is preventing you to getting to the next level of your life the stuff that you're doing right now you can't do in the destination in where you're supposed to be at. You, you gotta let all that crap burn. You gotta sacrifice it. And now leading up to the day where I finally had my last drink, I had to identify some of the triggers. And as a status quo functioning alcoholic, there's triggers all day. You know, like just for example, hey, the weekend's coming up, let's go have a drink. It's Friday night, let's go have a drink got off from work hey go ahead and let's relax with a drink somebody's birthday hey well let's go out to dinner and have a drink saturday and sunday let's have a drink 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 holiday 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 consume 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 let's cheers it up had a bad day at work well hey let me buy you a drink is it was all like when you start to think about it the the amount of pre-programming and the power that the alcohol industry has over us with their marketing and their advertisements and their celebrity endorsements you know it's it's no wonder that so many people are functioning alcoholics and status quo drinkers they they're just programmed from that like i was by their culture by their upbringing by their by their family consciousness like for example my my grandfather he was an, an alcoholic and sheesh man that just uh that has its far-reaching claws into multiple generations and that is not only backed by science they understand that they they can replicate that in rats and in mice and you know it's also biblical too the parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are are set on edge now what that means is the stuff that I do is going to affect my children. And because it affects my children, the stuff that they do, it is going to affect their children. And so on and so on. And the cycle never continues until somebody does something about it. And now you, with the things that you are learning, you can empower yourself to do something about it. You can be that guy. So go ahead. Here is your cape. Put your cape on. Put on your helmet, your utility belt, strap on your boots, and let's go kick some ass. Now, as we identify our vices, we need to be open to criticism. Embrace feedback and criticism as opportunities for growth. Avoid becoming defensive as it may hinder your ability to identify your vices. Number six is going to be keep a journal. Now, this is something that I do, and what really prompted me to start journaling was I saw two of my role models. 
um, or two of my mentors, uh, David Goggins, he journals, and then Jordan Peterson, he journals, and then Ryan Holiday, he journals, Jocko Willenick, he journals. You know, those are just a couple of people who I admire and I respect for many different aspects. And I was like, hey, if all of these guys, if all of them journal, you know what? I'm going to start journaling. And what I didn't realize was prior to my journaling, I was heavily into photography and I would create these photography books and I wanted to emulate some of these photographers in the way that they displayed their work and the way that they did that is they would make photography books but accompanying 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 man that word anyways you know me I get tongue tied sometimes but along with their photograph they would have an essay and the essay would describe why they took the photo, what was going on, etc., etc., and that enriched the viewer's experience rather than simply looking at a photo. Hey, now now you can get some backstory on it. And that was something that I did. If you go on the internet and you type in the photographer, his name is Jay Mizell, M-A-I-S-E-L, and you can see the way that he displayed his work and that was one of the the ways that I started writing. And it turned out to be you know, beneficial. If all of these brilliant, advanced minds are journaling, then hey, then there is a little key right there. Once again, you know, you're going to have to find the time to get it in. If you want growth, you're going to have to do things that promote growth. And journaling is just one of those things. So bust out a journal. Start writing down your thoughts. Now, as you are continuing down the path of identifying your your vices, you need to consider your values. Evaluate whether your actions align with your core values and principles. Deviations might indicate potential vices. Uh, there is a book called... The, uh, it's by Brene Brown, and it's Daring Greatly. I'd recommend that book because there is some wisdom in that and you can really hone in on your aspirational goals and your practice values. When you have information like that bouncing around in your mind, I'm telling you, that's when the growth really starts to manifest itself and you can't do these heavy lifts on your own. You need to learn in order for you to earn. So go out, read a book, learn something, earn something. And last but not least, the final tip is going to be seek professional help. If you find it challenging to identify your vices or needs further guidance, consider seeking support from a therapist or counselor. Now, remember that recognizing vices is a continuous process and it's normal to face challenges along the way. Be patient with yourself and be open to personal growth and improvement. The goal, it is not to be perfect, but to strive for self-awareness and make positive changes that are going to lead to a more virtuous and fulfilling life. In this next segment, I'm going to pose the question, why would somebody want to live a virtuous life? Well, being virtuous, it offers numerous benefits and reasons for individuals to strive for moral excellence. Now, here are some compelling motivations for wanting to be virtuous. Number one is going to be personal well-being. 
Virtuous individuals often experience greater personal fulfillment and a sense of inner peace. Cultivating virtues like compassion, gratitude, and wisdom can contribute to increased happiness and a positive outlook on life. Now, when you strive for moral excellence and you start to walk and embody a virtuous lifestyle, you can bet your bottom dollar that improved relationships are going to be a fruit of your labor. Now, virtuous behavior fosters trust, empathy, and respect in relationships. Being honest, kind, and just can lead to stronger and more meaningful connections with others. Um... Another benefit is going to be ethical decision-making. Virtues serve as moral guides, helping individuals make ethical decisions even in complex situations where the right course of action may not be clear-cut. More benefits of living a virtuous life, eudaimonia and flourishing. Virtue ethics posits that virtuous living leads to eudaimonia. And, you know, that is a word that I had to look up. And it is spelled E-U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A. And that refers to a state of flourishing or living a life of overall well-being and fulfillment. Eudaimonia. So go get you some eudaimonia, get your head right, and get some of your act right on. We're going to continue to wander down that path of positive role modeling. Being virtuous sets a positive example for others, inspiring them to follow suit and cultivate their virtues. It can have a ripple effect contributing to a more virtuous society. Now, if you are a father, husband, pillar of your community, a leader, whoever, man, you're going to need to start getting your head right so you can act virtuously and you can be a positive role model. Come on, you can do it. I'm rooting for you. Continuing down that path, you're going to find self-improvement and growth. Now, striving to be virtuous involves continuous self-improvement. It encourages individuals to reflect on their actions, learn from your mistakes, and grow as moral beings. Now, let's keep it moving. Inner integrity and authenticity. Virtue ethics promotes congruence between one's values, beliefs, and actions. Being virtuous helps individuals live authentically and in alignment with their true selves. Resilience in adversity. Virtuous individuals often demonstrate greater resilience when facing challenges. Virtues like courage and perseverance can empower people to overcome obstacles and adversity. Contributing to a better society, virtuous behavior positively impacts communities and society at large. By embodying virtues, individuals can contribute to a more compassionate, just, and harmonious world. Spiritual growth is going to be another benefit of living a virtuous life. For some, being virtuous aligns with spiritual or religious beliefs, providing a path for personal growth and connection with higher principles. Once again, it's important to note that embracing virtue is not about seeking perfection, but rather striving for continuous improvement and acting with moral integrity. 
Virtue Ethics acknowledges that everyone has the capacity to cultivate virtues and the journey towards moral excellence is ongoing. The desire to be virtuous stems from the understanding that doing so enriches one's own life and positively influences the lives of others. Now the way that you are able to develop your virtues in your daily life now, this is going to require consistent effort and a conscious commitment to personal growth. Now, in a, in a nutshell, you need to identify the virtues that you want to strive towards. You need to set clear intentions, practice self-awareness, set achievable goals, practice consistency, be mindful of opportunities, model virtuous behavior, surround yourself with supportive people, Learn from your setbacks, practice gratitude, keep a journal, and celebrate your progress. Don't forget, remember that developing virtues is a continuous process. Man, this is going to be for the rest of your life. And it's okay to encounter challenges along the way. Be patient with yourself and approach the process with a growth mindset. Over time, consistent practice and dedication will lead to the cultivation of virtues and contribute to your personal development and your well-being. Because after all, man, if you're not striving for these virtues, you're going to be backsliding. You're going to be finding yourself standing in a stagnant puddle. And you're not going to be growing. Eventually, you'll start languishing like a underwatered houseplant with your leaves just all... The, you know, you're not quite dead. You're not alive. You're a languishing houseplant. One of the ways that I deepen my understanding a lot of the time is I like to understand the opposite of what I learn. For example... The opposite of a virtue is going to be a vice. Now, the opposite of being virtuous is displaying vice or engaging in morally negative behaviors. Vices, those are undesirable qualities or character traits that lead to harmful actions or attitudes. Virtues, those are positive and admirable qualities that contribute to moral excellence. Vices, those are harmful and detrimental to both the individual and those around them. Examples of vices include dishonesty, cruelty, greed, selfishness, cowardice, arrogance, recklessness, and intolerance, among others. Engaging in vices can lead to negative consequences, strained relationships, and diminished sense of personal well-being. Now, if you find yourself languishing in the daily life stresses, tired, frustrated, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, you know, you need to practice being mindful of everything that you do and take into account and add it all up. What are you doing? Is that making you feel better or worse? If at the end of the day, you're still feeling like crap, man, take inventory. What did you do today from everything? What did you eat today? How much rest did you get? Were you being more of a dickhead and a Karen today? Or were you, you know, being more helpful and kind and joyful? Were you walking around with a smile on your face? Or were you walking around with a scowl 
with a resting bitch face all day. Well, you know, that's going to add up to how you feel. And the reason why I talk about these things is because, man, I've been there. I've done that. I know how you feel. And along my journey, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I did something about it. And the things that I've learned are the things that I'm talking about. So if you want to get right, man, start to implement some of these things into your life and watch a transformative process start to manifest. Now let's wrap things up with the conclusion. Now, cultivating virtues is a transformative journey that leads to personal growth, moral excellence, and a more fulfilling life. Virtue ethics emphasizes the importance of developing positive character traits and guiding ethical decisions through vices rather than rigid rules or consequences. Aristotle's concept of the golden mean reminds us to seek a balanced approach in our behaviors, avoiding extremes of excesses or deficiency. Being virtuous offers numerous benefits including personal well-being, improved relationships, and ethical decision-making. By practicing self-discipline, mindfulness, and consistent effort, we can develop virtues in our daily lives and positively influence our communities. Embracing virtues not only enhances our inner integrity and authenticity, but it also contributes to a more compassionate and harmonious society. Let us embark on this journey of self-improvement, model virtuous behavior, and inspire positive change within ourselves and in the world around us. Together, we can gather our strength from the power of virtues to shape a brighter and more virtuous future for all. That'll do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Gathering Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Ruby Rube. Don't forget to give me a like, a subscribe, a follow, and in return, I'm going to be giving you awesome podcast content. Until next time, it's onward. Always onward.